If the radio governs the living room, it stands on a sideboard, a wooden box with some knobs, a built-in loudspeaker and a dial with the names of the stations that you can reach on medium wave. As soon as your grandparents take a nap, you switch on the machine and search for voices or music. They appear from a sea of static noise, speaking unknown languages. Even the names of the radio stations of these towns sound exotic. Athlone, Praha, Stavanger, Rias Berlin, Beromünster. You look up these names on a map and fantasize about what these seductive sounding places look like. You also look up the towns or places from books like Hannibal, Missouri, New York City, Notre Dame, London, Bahia, anything that lies beyond the map of the Netherlands. You imagine that these blank spaces are the Dutch mountains and that one of these mountains is called Jan. 1987, an album recorded live at the Werf and a hit single in many parts of Europe. Followed by a mini album in 1988, also recorded live in a studio, but in a professional one. Dial Nitz, a podcast about the Dutch band Nitz. A celebration of five decades of sophisticated music from the Netherlands. Your host, Erik Fakon. The 27th of June, 1987. The Nitz play one of the big open-air festivals in Switzerland, in the city of St. Gallen. They play not only the songs from their last album, Henk, but also a couple of unknown ones. Okay, this is a song about the land that never existed and never will exist. It's about the mountains in Holland. And I like to be in the mountains in Holland. It's the best place there is. You've got too many and we've got nothing. It's called In the Dutch Mountains. is very well received as one notices when the band joins the national pop station DRS3 for an interview backstage surrounded by fans ah. Muss ich sagen, die Eis ist toll, was los. Joke, du bist noch nicht lange bei der Band. Wie fühlt man sich denn als Frau unter diesen drei Männern? 
DJ Hans Buchmüller asked some questions about fame question. and about bassist Joke Gerard's position in a band full of men. Sometimes it's very good. <laughs> and sometimes it's not so good. <laughs> why, why don't you ask the men how to play with women? I'm going, I'm going to ask and there is talk of a new album that will be published a couple of months later. Gibt's eine neue? We arbeiten auf diesem Moment an einem neuen Schallplatte und es wird released in in October. Mir hat sehr gut gefallen. Ich hoffe, ich hoffe, ihr kommt wieder mal zurück. Okay. Danke euch vielmals. Ciao. In the Dutch Mountains is a success, both the album and the song. The title track becomes a hit in numerous European countries, with a video clip that receives a prize at the music fair Midem in Cannes. The album follows in their wake, becoming very successful, also on the strength of other songs such as J.O.S. Days. Still in typical Nitz fashion, the album remains a bold step forward. It is recorded live in their own studio space, live to two-track. There is no mixing or post-production, like a live album without an audience. Many fans thought, what a strange idea like Matthias Erb, at that time singer of the band Rondo from Basel, later to become a famous radio DJ on DRS3. How surprised were we when they put out uh, In the Dutch Mountains, when they did this live in their, in their studio? I thought, what the hell, why do you do this? Because you could, you could use 48 tracks, you, could, you have the money to make a real big production and then reduce it to just play live. And it was fantastic. The question remains, why would the Nits record this way? There are many reasons. One was also a financial one. For the first time we wanted to make video clips for this album. Of course we did before, but this time we wanted to do it ourselves. Uh, the whole thing. Uh, it had to do with confidence and curiosity, and, and, but also with money. Uh, because it, it costs a, quite a lot if, if you want to do that. So we thought we have a budget, we split it in two and half of it goes to the, to the video thing and half of it goes to the, the recording. And what is the most cheap way of recording? It's our web. That's one of the reasons. Uh, there was one reason that we had a lot of confidence. We played a lot. Of course, we were a four-piece band yeah, with Yoka. We played many concerts. So why not? Why not? do a live recording in our, in our space. I think we also considered the fact that we wanted to try to capture this feeling of live playing. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like But we did on stage. And we liked it so much as the chord that functioned that we thought. But not with an audience. Not with no, an audience. No, 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 no. That was from the beginning on. No. no. Not the excitement of, no. the, of the, the, the concert audience the combination. Uh, just in our uh, working place. It was also like sort of avoiding the, the, the until then normal way of recording. Like it's, it's a strange way of recording everything separate and then think you can all put it together and, and make it sound like perfect. It's sort of overrating yourself or something and, and, and finding the, the magic of doing it all together and let all, all the things sound through it 
And then you added the, the old Sinatra way, two microphones above the orchestra, one microphone before the singer, and one, two, three, four. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, we, we didn't have a drum booth. Uh, there was no separate room in, in our warehouse because I was singing at the same time, of course. It was a live uh, take. The sound of the drums were also in my mic, uh, and that's also the sound of the Internet's Mountains. You hear the space of the place, except one song, that is J.O.S. Days. Because we wanted to have a dry sound. That meant that I had to go out of the room, and I went into the car of Tom, his old Lada standing there in front of the, uh, the building. And we played together. I was in the Lada with headphones and a microphone and a, a mouth harp. And there we started. Yep. It was a very, very nice moment because I, I, I remember it, uh, it was the end of the day. Uh, there were some offices in our neighborhood and people were leaving the office walking past the wharf <laughs> and I saw this man in a car <laughs> with headphones doing and I'm really moving and, and singing and like my god what is <laughs> <laughs> One monument is still standing between two football fields With the names of the men who were killed on the battlefields They were sent forward, keepers and bands They thought they would win It's a family tradition Play in a football team I have nephews Dumb but tall Still feeders Kick the ball Got flat feet And my knees are weak They all thought it was time To start my Jailers days And my same time it can make your life easier with post-production or, or mixing even but it's different yeah, it's totally yeah. different yeah you have to do it it, it, it it's really one moment uh, like a concert which also creates a sort of tension and energy yeah yeah and yeah responsibility to Respon- work towards each other yeah like yeah. If, if hank has his vocal take and i make a mistake You have to do it again. How many of those tries did you have? Do you remember how many takes it took? Not that many. No. no. But rehearsed before, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It was well, well organized. Yeah, Because yeah. yeah. when we wanted to have a sound like a, a steel guitar or whatever, mm. we invited. And so sometimes we were with eight people or something. And yeah. it was yeah. well organized, you know. Yeah. At four o'clock, we're going to record that and that song. And we need those and those players to join us. Yeah, I always took it as, as maybe a, a sign of the growing confidence. What I mentioned in the, yeah. the episode about oh, Hank. Yeah. 
is that you could see the band growing live on stage no. and that you took it and did something that nobody really expected. No, not expected. And the record company was not really pleased no. with the idea. They thought, no. why? Why? Why make it so difficult? And they had problems, I think, with the, with the, the fact that we spent only so much money on recording and they were used to this large budgets they had to spend in a studio and when they are going to do it for relatively so little money yeah yeah yeah, can't yeah, work. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was also they were yeah. hesitant also because yes. of this yes and they were not confident that we could make uh, a video clip there you go that, that was also their worry uh, what are they going to do uh, remember one of those meetings at CBS where we talked about the video uh, and, and just before we left the room and somebody said, what are we going to see in this clip of the Dutch mountains? And I said, there would be a, a rowing boat on the water. And, and then it was really silent. And, and then, and then <laughs> we didn't talk, we just left. And they were, oh my God, oh, what, what will happen? <laughs> and what happened is this hit single yes yeah, yeah, that yeah. made you pretty famous it was also one of the first times that that the day after i i knew that it was a hit i don't know how but i i have a memory that i had a recording of the song in my headphones and strangely enough i went by trim and i listened to it and i thought yes this will be a hit, but a really, really good one. <laughs> Mountains. All the bricks falling down, falling down from the ground. Bricks. All the bricks falling down, falling down from the ground. Bricks. All the bricks falling down, falling down on the How do you feel about that song? I mean, it's it's done a couple of things for you. 
Yeah, it opens doors, of course. That's the, and then mm-hmm. you then you are able to play in many more places than you did before, and that was only good for the band. We, yes, at that moment mm-hmm. we could really handle this tension and this pressure. So, especially yeah. because it was not a sort of a natural song. We we uh, forced no. to make a hit. No. That, that was a nice thing about it. Yeah. It's perfectly within what yeah. you would do yeah. Yeah. normally. Yeah. That was part of the process that already started it at Hank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the, the confidence and the radical thinking, uh, it also went through the whole Dutch Pounders recording and the things that came out. And, and in a way, we already prepared. We did a lot of concerts, but then... Then suddenly the the radio came in, and and the video, of course, was the, that was also lucky uh, that that uh, that the TV channel started the, the MTV 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 Europe and, and the prize winning. Yeah, it was, a, but that's not one of the things that 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 the, the, the audience would know. But no, but it helps. Yeah, the they, they saw it on yeah. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and MTV was looking for material from Europe. Uh, and they, hey, this, this, is, this is standing out, it is something. So that combination was, was, was quite perfect. At the same time, this could also sort of like break a band or make a band change course, like having a hit like that. And then you were naturally tempted to do this again. But that was never on the cards for you. No, it's, it's the usual problem. But, uh, we didn't care too much about it. When you're young and you're started, then then it's difficult. Then you have to deal with uh, too many things at the same time, new things. But we already dealt with with so many aspects of being in in the music world, traveling, being tired, uh, hotel rooms, on and on, radio interviews, TV, playbacks, <laughs> Swiss journalists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we we were ready for it. We we, we could could carry that this uh, little dangerous beast. Basically, it's still a Nitz album. I mean, it's also colorful and and wild as anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And how did Mountain Jan? Mountain Jan. <laughs> to uh, name one. To name one. <laughs> <laughs> he spent a number of years at this project, and now he knows how the electronic. Which I was always so much fun to play. Yeah. Oh, yes. I like it. What did the record company make of the whole thing? Now, all of a sudden, they've done exactly what they want, and then they also are successful. 
I don't think they realized when they got the album. No. Not at all. No, 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 no not at all. No. no. But, But I must say, in, in retrospect, like let's say 20 years later, uh, I can be very, sometimes very uh, sensitive to, to when too much comes in your way. And after, after I realized that in those days, so many people always tapped you on the shoulder and said it was all so wonderful and it just didn't stop and it just went on and on and on. And I was, sometimes later on, I was very happy that we didn't make it as a world band. I wouldn't have known if I would have been able to to carry that weight to put it in this sort you of way. I, you never know. Yeah, you never know. But yeah. it depends also on your on your health. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mental health. Yeah. Uh, your organization. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. The yeah. People who protect you or not. Yeah. left us room for for the places like Paris and yeah. Uh, yeah. Berlin yeah. and if if you look at let's say the career of the Golden Earring of course uh, uh, the the most famous band we ever had in Holland uh, their their career was United States was uh, Radar uh, Love uh, Radar Love and was, was, they had this problem uh, that was the time when I joined them after Radar Love what now yeah that yeah. was a real problem yeah mm. Uh, like, like the band wanted to do different kind of music, and that's why they sort of invited me to 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 join. And but but the organization, the American managers and the record company, they were waiting for the second Radar Love. It was was really a problem. Of course, uh, it, it's yeah. a problem. It's always a problem, yeah, I think, yeah. for every artist. Yeah. No matter what you do. Yeah. Can it not be frustrating that your whole career for some people seems to be summarized with one song called In the Dutch Mountains? Not at all. No. Not at all. No, I, th no. I, I think mm. it, 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 it's kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, I uh, agree. <laughs> well, that, that it, nowadays with, with things like Spotify, if, if you listen to a song, Dutch Mountains, for instance, you get to know more about the band. You see the whole collection, suddenly. Yeah. Uh, you can see lyrics. Uh, I mean, now I'm talking about the general public, uh, people everywhere, and and that's nice. That 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 we, underneath, there's so much. If you want, you don't have to. But, and and after that, we we made a live album or albums that were in some cases more popular than Dutch yeah. Mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Eric album yeah. was everywhere. And that would not have been without In the Dutch Mountains. That's it, yeah. yeah. So the, the catalog was also suddenly for sale in a very beautiful, nice... Spotify avant la lettre. Uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> the skaters on an ice cream floor And one of them fell on the ground This is what she has been waiting for Two all of them fell down Rob Klutz remembers his partner in the rhythm section, bass player Joke Gerards. I think we deliberately uh, searched for a woman because we really like to have a, a female voice in the singing parts. So, yeah... 
But it was very deliberate that we uh, chose uh, to have a woman in the band. A sister in Canada, she sent me a gun And one pair of skates A gun is not real, the shoes are too large You're loud in the way I think the only time when we had really just a, a bass player or a person who played only bass was in the very beginning. That was Alex. And later on, uh, Michiel switched between uh, bass guitar and guitar and Robert Jan played some bass on Moog. And with the coming of Joke, uh, we really had a dedicated bass player. And th this changes a lot because uh, the rhythm section uh, binds really together then because we, the both of us, communicated very well. And that changed, of course, uh, on the rhythm section side a lot. And that was very good, I think, because she had a very nice feel in her playing, coming from a more jazzy, more funk music background, and it and had a very nice swing to her playing. Of course, um, before every final take, we rehearsed a lot, and uh, which gave her the opportunity to, uh, to to develop her parts. But also on the on some of the recordings, it was quite improvised, and there it really showed her her uh, flexibility in, uh, in in her playing. I just listened to a few tracks of uh, of The Hat, which was very special because especially the song The Hat itself uh, was in fact based more on a, an improvisation and then you can really hear her uh, react to the flow of music. I think that was very good, but also for instance, the more swinging takes like the song Dutch Mountains itself, you can really hear her swinging input in the whole thing. So I think both sides of her are very nice. Also, of course, these are uh, that's bass guitar playing and also her, her double bass playing is, is very, very warm and very, very relaxed. Very important also, I really have to mention this, she was a very, let's say, lighthearted and funny person. And it's very important in a, in a group that everybody fits the team. And she really fitted very good to the team. Anecdote I remember is, uh, I think, a moment on stage where we played Port of Amsterdam, which starts uh, without drums, without bass, it's just the singing and, uh, and and some keyboards. And after, let's say, uh, 30 seconds, the whole thing just explodes and she would mostly just stand very much to the side and then jump into the middle of the stage and play this the first very loud notes. And at one certain moment, she just stopped at that moment. So she just jumped on stage and played her very loud notes alone. <laughs> so she was just standing there on her own. 
boom, <laughs> and nothing happened. This is what, but she liked that very much. She was, of course, very surprised, and she had a laugh, really big laugh. At a certain moment, she was apparently very, very tired because the whole touring and recording was very intense, and she developed uh, a problem in her left hand, which made it impossible for her really to to, to play the strings on the on the on the neck of the guitar. And then we wanted to record a new record, a Giant Number Dwarf. We decided to do it without her, of course, because she wasn't there, couldn't be there. And also with the idea that we would wait until uh, this project was over and we hoped uh, that this would, uh, she would recover. But unfortunately, she did not recover. The, so she had to take another uh, direction in her career. And we really, really were very sad about that. Nineteen eighty-seven and nineteen eighty-eight are some of the commercially most successful moments in the life of the Nits. The album and the single in the Dutch Mountains are huge successes all over Europe. In nineteen eighty-eight, they follow it up with six new songs on the mini album. Blue, Hat. that's also blue, blue is on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we yeah. have the train. Uh, we have to look at the list. Yeah. Train, dream, blue, hat. What's the last one? Uh, Two more. The... Oh, the Bauhaus. Oh, yeah. 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 And they, they, they were also quite, quite not big, but they were hits. They were kind I, of I, hits. I remember yeah. shopping in uh, the Albert, Albert Heijn, and uh, they were played after each other. <laughs> like a, yeah, yeah, the train and the dream were very popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Radio yeah. songs. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not, not top 20 hits. No, but or, very... But uh, Really productive time. I mean, the yes. album, the mini album, lots of concerts, it's and, true, yeah. and still yeah. this batch of songs. Have they been written a long time before? Or? I think most of them not. No, no. But I think the the train was there a long time before. We, well, anyway, your first line. Once, once yeah, go. yeah, but that that was part of was uh, of a song. Yeah. Uh, but we recorded the, the train already, maybe one year or. Yeah. Years before, yeah, I could, yeah. and couldn't find the solution. Yeah. And 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 then the solution was, of course, the the sound of the train, that break, yeah. that that made the song complete. Where I live, the windows were like. 
The band tours more and more. The quartet becomes a well-rehearsed, well-oiled machine. In 1988, they play the world-famous vessel in The next song was about a man who was bringing the weekly papers in our street when we were very young. He was bringing the Donald Duck for me and he was bringing the, the panorama for my parents. We called him the Panorama Man. Nowadays, nothing Leave it again. Leave it again. Ah! 
The band even plays in Russia with direct translations of introductions. When we were very young, uh, Jan was uh, in our school in Amsterdam. And Jan was not very good in gymnastics. But he was brilliant. And he became world famous. This period of success is followed in 1989 by a live album. It is named after the former island Urk, which got connected to the Dutch mainland back in the 1940s. Urk is the album that finally connects the Nits to the mainstream. Urk, to lots of people, is like the pinnacle, is like the greatest Nits album that was done live. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah, I think it's an important one. Yeah, I agree there. Yeah, yep. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Also, because it was a very exciting time for us as a band. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yeah. It's really uh, sort of going up very fast. Yeah. yeah. And the recording, of course, of uh, yeah. one, one night in the Stad Schaalburg. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember, I, th I think it was during the summer, mixing uh, that uh, Paul was upstairs uh, yeah. in the way of mixing it. And I was, I was spending uh, some time with him and listening, going through it. In my uh, memory, we were mixing it for for six months or so. <laughs> <laughs> it went on, but it's it, it's a whole summer, uh, but, yeah. and the sound got better and better. It, it, it did not mix itself, but it was so well played, so intense. Of course, you, you can spoil it, you can uh, overdo it in mixing, but it was oh, no. beautiful. No, it's, it's, very natural. Natural. it's very natural. It, it, yeah. it's, uh, that I already knew that it will be something. That, that people would like it very much. Yeah. Mm. The, the audience also sounded really nice. Uh, yeah. Really as, as a nice as a nice audience. Yeah. Other people liked yeah. our audience sound so much they wanted to use it. They yeah, wanted yeah, to, yeah, they yeah, wanted yeah, the, yeah, yeah. They yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah, use yeah, the applause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. Uh, that, that's an important yeah. part. Yeah. Of, yeah. Because some <laughs> on some live albums, people fool around with the audience sound. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's even uh, the Bob Dylan album live. And you could hear that there's loops going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, yeah. You hear yeah. the, the, oh, the shouts all the time. Up, up, And then you think, oh, my God, it's yeah, a loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's not there. It, 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 this, this is pure, beautiful sounding orchestra, audience. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the orchestra and is not bad either. Yeah. So, and it was a big thing. Yeah, it was a big thing. A lot of material. Yeah. And it's still one unit. It's still one thing. Yeah. That makes a live album a great live album, like Live at Leeds, and, and there are several uh, other uh, examples of good uh, atmospheric live albums. And Urk was one, and Urk was very successful. I remember that sometimes I came in other people's homes, and, and most of the time there was a copy of Urk standing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I remember the, the day after, I was 
heading for the center of town to buy stuff. And I really had the impression that everybody would recognize me. Because <laughs> 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 I felt so enlightened by the whole yeah, experience, yeah, so yeah, yeah, excited. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but the moment I step out of the door, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> 